With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Final hours here. Glad you're with us on this Thursday afternoon. OutKick 360 rolls on from Nashville and across the OutKick network. Um, some news in the NFL just on injured reserve. Rashad Bateman, wide receiver for the Ravens, he is headed to IR and he's done for the season, according to Jim Harbaugh. Michael Thomas, receiver for the Saints, injured reserve. Both had uh, surgery. With Thomas, it was toe surgery uh, and Bateman on his foot, foot surgery. They're out for the season. At least that's the expectation as they head to injury reserve in November. And Schefter says that Houston for Cooks, the receiver who was an attractive option, wanted a second and a fourth. And nobody's willing to pay a second and a fourth with $18 million of guaranteed money next year. When you've got cash price out there, then the compensation price has to come down and Houston wasn't making that move. Though apparently he's not going to play tonight. Is trying to force his way out of that contract, yeah, he, which would amount to sacrificing that guarantee. He's not playing, and if he didn't have it in writing that he was excused, he could forfeit the eighteen million guarantee lock-in for next year. Although that that is, it's you know, I do smirk at that, knowing that they let Deshaun Watson walk around and yeah. do nothing. Well, and get paid $10 million to do so. The initial thinking was that he was trying to force something. Or, or steer towards something like OBJ got last year in Cleveland where he ultimately negotiated to lessen things. But then did OBJ ultimately get traded or did he get no, released? he got released. because okay, he, And so, he's a vested vet, so he didn't have to clear waivers. That's how he ended up in Los Angeles. So Cooks could have a similar situation, right? Yes. And then Odell Beckham Jr. is the caveat but to the trade deadline. But don't you have to clear waivers after the trade deadline? I think everybody has to clear waivers after no. the trade deadline. Not last year. He was cut and he signed the same week with, with the Rams. That's where I'm a little confused. I, I, he man, OBJ did great, but what, what I read, Florio was writing, was, was um, the risk of the waiver claim. But why was there no risk of the waiver claim for OBJ? It's a little inconsistent there. Yeah, the Browns just let him walk. Crazy. You don't hear about a lot of toe surgeries, by the way, when you had that update on a toe well, surgery. You, you can on turf toe. Turf toe, turf toe can bad. require yeah. it. Um, you know, Tra- Traylon Burks did not require surgery. He's only got one um, more game required. But everybody's presuming. I had you know a conversation last night with people at my site. Everybody's presuming he's back after his minimum time. Which, you know, Elijah Molden's finally making it back, but it's not after his minimum time. And, I, you know, Burks, maybe he's back after his minimum time. But, you know, also then you've got a fitness question because the guy's not been able to do stuff on his toe. We've had that question We've the had that question time. with Burks. I once broke my toe uh, in college playing basketball on a blacktop yeah. in, in shoes I shouldn't have been playing in. Uh, just a running Broken shoe. <laughs> Crocs. 
before Crocs were Dress around. Dress shoes. He came straight yeah. from church. <laughs> Tiva sandals. <laughs> Don't ever play basketball in Tiva sandals on a blacktop. Kids, that, that's the you lesson heard it here. here first. But I broke my tone. I went to a doctor to see it, and the doctor just said, "Do you want me to put a cast on it?" <laughs> like looking at me like you bleep. Yeah. What do you want me to do? There's nothing. That's what I'm laughing about. The toe Stay surgery. Stay off your toe. With toe, it's just like yeah, you're just gonna have to let it heal. There's nothing we can do. You about want? It. You want? Uh, Very Eddie, dismissive of my broken toe, though. This doctor was. Eddie, Eddie George booth. told me what it feels like. Turf toe. It's very painful. We know that. But I was like, well, that you get an injection when you're playing, right? And he's like, well, that that tends to be like mentally worse because you can you can feel your toe like coming back during the game. No, like it's just limp. Like it's just. You know, oh, rattling it's so, it's it's so numb. Rat- it's just yeah, and it's just rattling around in your foot, like slapping against your foot. Shoot. And I was like, man, this is awful. He's like, yeah, my my entire foot was taped up, trying to keep it like immobile, because if you're just walking around, you can't feel it. So you're just you're you're at the mercy of you're whatever. Asking cleat you're yourself, wearing. what's this appendage that keeps rubbing up against my foot? Oh, it's yeah. my big toe. And that he was like, because I said it was pain tolerance. He's like, what's well, more than that? Like if you're cutting on that foot. Then it's pain tolerance. But if you're just trying to run and accelerate, it's just a weird feeling you've got to get over mentally because it's not a normal, you know, it's not in your normal routine whatsoever. Doesn't sound. And then the surgery, that requires just rest after you're done. But a long time. Which is what Michael Thomas is doing. Mel Kuyper Jr. released his top 25 NFL draft big board, an updated one today. Be surprised to know that Will Levis has not fallen at all. He is fourth on his big board, the second quarterback to be taken. C.J. Stroud is third. Will Anderson from Alabama, number one. Jalen Carter from Georgia, two defensive well, linemen. Well, he has fallen or, then because he was his number one quarterback previously. And number one overall, right? I feel like in the last, at least on Saturday night, he, they, were, they were saying he was the fourth overall prospect. So maybe this is the same as it was before. But Will Levis still the second quarterback. One spot ahead of Bryce Young. Uh, fifth overall. I'm telling you right now, if I'm a fan of an NFL team that drafts Will Levis over Bryce Young, that's in need of Pitch a quarterback. And torches. Um, it is time to go hunt for a new GM at that point because that would be a ludicrous decision. Having watched a lot of both of those quarterbacks play the position, that would be a horrendous decision. Overthink. It's an overthink. You want to know? So right now, should we go ahead and do this? Should should I actually do this? Do at your current top do 10 it. draft order? Yeah. The Detroit Lions currently hold the number one pick Need because, because the Texans tied the Colts. Yep. That's why Houston has the number two pick. They also own... They should draft C.J. Stroud. They, yeah. Both need a quarterback. They also own the Cleveland Browns pick for the Watson trade. So that could end up being a top five pick. It was two weeks well, ago. Keep going. Now it's a number nine overall. Here's your top five. Detroit, Houston, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. Bottom five, rounding out the, the top ten. Las Vegas, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Cleveland, Denver. So that means Philadelphia, Houston, Seattle, because those three teams have traded their first-round pick. But look, if you're a, a team that needs a quarterback, if, if Levis is, in fact, regarded by the NFL universe as the third-best quarterback and high first-round worthy, yeah. you can't get in to get him. If this holds, which it may well hold, Lions, Texans, Panthers all need quarterbacks. You can't get in. You're out. That's, You're getting the fourth best be quarterback. That's got to be part of Kuyper's thinking there, Chad. Right? Regardless of the ranking of the guys. You can't trade up to get in there. Yeah. I mean, would Vegas draft Will Levis? 
I think, I think What's Vegas, Derek Carr's future? I, I, I think McDaniel. I just is saw the them around not. that spot, and I'm thinking I, I could see Vegas drafting him. He's not better than Derek Carr. And failing. Well, you know who's going to draft a quarterback? Tampa Bay. Yeah, they have yeah. no answer. They're going to have uh, potentially have a higher. But pick. so, who's right the next guy after Levis in our estimation? Bryce Young. Is it CJ? no, no? Uh, outside of these three, oh, who's the fourth quarterback? Um, what Van Dyke, Van Dyke? from Miami? Um, Hendon Hooker. I mean, let's throw him in the mix. We're not mentioning him nearly enough for what we're seeing. I mean, those guys are conceivably. I, I mean, I, I don't like Levis. I just don't see it. I like some of the traits. I don't like what I've seen in games. Yeah. You know, too much, too much flash and not enough consistency. Well, film over By the way, traits. just real quick on Will Anderson, uh, because I've also seen reaction. Like, Will Anderson was the talk of college football last year. Wanted to, needed to be in New York. Where has he been? Well, we didn't hear his name in Knoxville. Chad and I made, we're did like, did we job? even hear Will Anderson's name yeah, called I was, in the I was game? even looking for him around Hendon Hooker at, at times and never saw him. So he's 37 pressures and nine sacks. That leads all SEC pass rushers. And, you know, there's the talk that he's just not been the same. He's the same. We just haven't seen him play uh, Tennessee with that same level. Yeah, do, do we see it to Saturday in Baton Rouge? Yeah, in games and not everyone's watching, right. he, he's doing well. And, I mean, it's a difficult position to evaluate from a statistical standpoint, especially when there's a, an added emphasis on the other team's offense. Yeah, his to, production's there. To have a couple guys around you, right? I mean, there, there are teams that have specifically had to game plan against him and done a pretty good job of doing it, which, Chad, which helps out the rest of his defense. Every week, Chad Withrow takes us behind a paywall. And he gives you the free analysis, courtesy of philstill.com. Behind the paywall. It's our own OnlyFans. The here SEC on Vegas rankings, courtesy of philstill.com. So Phil Still will With rank Phil's permission. through Vegas every team and tell you how Vegas views every team in college football on a neutral field. And we have taken out the SEC rankings for you here. And they still love Alabama. Number two. In uh, this year's uh, this week's ranking, followed by Georgia and Tennessee, two, three, and four. Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. That means Ohio State remains at number one. We go live to Phil Steele's OnlyFans page, <laughs> and we see the Vegas rankings. Yeah, th- this is, and you laid it out there well, Hutton. This is neutral field, neutral site. Take home field out of it for these teams. Who would be favored head to head, one through one thirty one, in all of FBS? And this is the SEC, where Tennessee undervalued by Vegas as opposed to where they are in the college football playoff ranking. Obviously, they're fourth in the Vegas rankings, number one uh, in the college football playoff ranking. One that really jumps out to me is Arkansas. Heavy value in Vegas for the Razorbacks, 14th based on a team that's got three losses right now. Well, another one for me. Kentucky and Missouri play this week. Kentucky is on the road at Missouri. Kentucky. Missouri is valued at 51 on the Vegas rankings. Kentucky is still in the 20s at 27. But, guys, Kentucky is a one-point favorite on the road here. And 30 spots down, roughly, we've got Missouri behind them. And they've been playing in this area all season. Point being, there's a discrepancy here where 
I'm sorry, but Missouri's home field advantage is not worth no. the discrepancy here on neutral field. No. No, and you just heard uh, Trey Wallace predict Missouri to win. I, I disagree. I think Kentucky is going to figure it out and start playing defense again. Missouri's defense has been wildly improved. Steve Wilkes was a disaster a year ago for, for uh, Missouri. They're much, much better yes. on defense this year. They've done a really good job, and, and they've done some things defensively. I still like Kentucky to win a low-scoring game. Uh, in Columbia, Missouri this weekend. But keep this in mind, if Kentucky loses this game, you've got Kentucky and Missouri both at 5-4 and four at this point in the season. Kentucky's going in 5-3. and three. Missouri, nice rebound from early season to get to 4-4. Four and four. That's not good for Kentucky, based on expectation, to be tied with Missouri at 5-4 and four and losing to Missouri. And keep in mind, Kentucky's still got to play Georgia. They're coming to Lexington in November. So that would be a tough one for them. But yeah, that's a big separation, 27 to 51, in terms of Vegas yeah. ranking to be a one-point spread. And I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm going to go ahead and preview where we are if Missouri wins this game. You say they still have to play Georgia. It's got to play Vandy as well, Kentucky. You're going to lose to South Carolina, Missouri. I'm going to put you in that stance, that standing. Yeah. Where you're playing the Commodores. Is this um, the first we've seen the Commodores in double digits? I think so. Yeah. I, think I think so, they too. Got I think they were 100 the first, first last week. Yeah. I'm with you, Chad. I think the Wildcats win on the road against the Tigers. But, man, if they lose, after beating Florida, you know, how we the perception of Florida against Utah, and then Kentucky goes on the road and wins in Gainesville. And there's this, oh, look, look at what they've done on the road. And here's the 10-win Wildcats rebound. They haven't played well, but here they are. And... You end, I know they Will Levis missed the South Carolina game, but you lose to South Carolina, and you start looking around going, we're a one-point favorite against Missouri all of a sudden after getting boat raced by Tennessee. And you're right to say, look, if you're Kentucky, you lose 44-6 to to Tennessee. If you lose, you lose at home to South Carolina. Will Levis wasn't there. I'll, I'll give you a mulligan on that one because the backup quarterback was not good. Right. Um, but lose to Missouri with, with Will Levis, I'm with you, Hutton. I put them on high alert to lose to Vandy, too. Because that's the round robin for the bottom of the SEC East at that point. Vandy, a seven-point home underdog against South Carolina, even though they are 51 spots lower than South Carolina. So this all the math of this interests me because that's yes. telling you South Carolina is probably eight or nine points better. I'm going to give one or two points just for having to travel to Nashville. There's no atmosphere at the game. So there's not a three-point bump for home field for Vanderbilt, yeah. but it's a one- or two-point bump because you're not in your friendly confines and you have to go on the road. So let's say 51 spots different from 47 to 98 equals eight or nine points on a neutral field, seven points at Vanderbilt. Guys, I think Vandy's got a great shot if they play well this weekend. Uh, South Carolina showed last week, Missouri showed the route to stop them offensively with what they did defensively. AJ playing. I think that Clark Lee has the defensive savvy to have a plan that's going to contain South Carolina and give them a chance in this game. If they do it, they snap a 25-game SEC losing streak. Well, and if... Think about what that means, though, for Shane Beamer. Because he can point to wins over Kentucky and Texas A&M. And now you're looking at a loss to Vandy in this scenario. Yeah. That would wipe out the the good and what Shane Beamer had momentum last year in the offseason was hey 
we're making we're making strides here. And this idea that Rattler was going to arrive and right, and right. Re- elevate them to new levels. I don't think I don't think they lose the game. I think it's tight. I think Vandy will will play them a lot like Missouri. I just don't I don't think we're seeing the upset like that this year. It also, there's a lot of talk in, going into this season and during the season. Man, the SEC East is catching the SEC West and is getting on par with them. Not according to Vegas. Well, outside of the elite at the top, you know, Tennessee at three or Georgia at three, Tennessee at four. Look at the SEC West. So Bama two, LSU eleven, Arkansas fourteen, Ole Miss fifteen, Mississippi State sixteen. And they have the value state Ole Miss of Mississippi all year. is fifteen and sixteen in that ranking before you go down to Kentucky at twenty seven. The 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 parity of the SEC West in that group of Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, I throw in there as well, with Alabama a step above, is still really good. So the, the line for let, – let's end on the game of the week. The line open between Georgia and Tennessee at what? Was it 11 so and a half? It, it depends on what you want to say it opened as because they do a look-ahead two-week outline before those games happened the week before, yeah. and it was 12 and a half. Is that bettable or no? Yes. The look-ahead line yeah, is yeah. So it was 12 and a half. So that's what it opens They do at. that with some huge games. They'll okay. go two weeks out, now and it was eight. 12 and a half. It's, it's eight right now. I think it opened at nine and a half. It's maybe moved a point and a half. All, uh, majority of the money's all on Tennessee, but the line's not moving a lot, which tells you that Vegas feels pretty good about winning a lot of money on this game because they think Georgia's going to cover, going to win by more than they, eight. They value... Or eight and a half. To the extreme. Or whatever you got it at. They value... Georgia on a neutral field and at home, and they certainly value Alabama on a neutral fielder at home because they had Bama as a ten point favorite over not over uh, Tennessee in Knoxville. Yep, right as the ball was kicked off. So the we, we I can't wait for to see where this poll changes if Tennessee wins over Georgia and having a win over Alabama. I feel like LSU and Tennessee definitely cover. I mean, I, I would feel like they're both closer than the, than the spread. I think Tennessee's winning outright. I still think Alabama. I, I like LSU's odds of covering a lot better than Tennessee's, and probably simply because they're at home. But see, I. I and that's going to be a very tough environment. I feel like they're going to lose, but I mean, I could see, uh, you know, a, losing by 10, let's say, as a 12 and a half point dog. The eight, that's a, that's a funky line to mess with. You know, right there on the edge with Tennessee and Georgia. I look, I think at, it's be I look at the Bama LSU game, and I think those two teams are closer to who we thought they were than what they are right now. And we're, I, I say we, the collective public, we're viewing the LSU Tigers through the prism of the last three weeks. Yes. And you're looking at Alabama and what happened against Tennessee. And we're forgetting broader, what you happened want a broader four scope weeks ago on Bama. in Baton Rouge. You want a broader scope on ga- Bama, and, uh, on both of them. Broader yeah. scope instead of more recent. And it take. I mean, Tennessee played a great game. They were up 18. And my, my point with Alabama is... Well, and Bama... Like, they can Bryce Young had their you. best game, They too. can keep... But I... Who's more likely to have a great game? Bryce Young or Jake? Yeah, well, yeah, Bryce Young. My, my only point sure. with that is... But they also I, got played tight Bama by and Texas. Tennessee are on par. Because I think both played great. And Tennessee was the one that gave them seven points. Not the other way around. I mean, Bama had the one turnover on the punt, but it was at the 40. They scored seven points defensively in the well, game. So I think Tennessee wins that game by two or three touchdowns if Bryce Young doesn't play out of his oh, mind the way they played in that one. But uh, my point is I trust him to show up and play yes, well. Yes, Last year, 
we were at the Alabama LSU game in Tuscaloosa. Alabama was awful, but LSU could not move the football with Max Johnson. They 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 were incapable of playing to a caliber of meeting the Alabama quality. And it was a punt fest for a, a lot of that game. And then Alabama eventually is good enough to beat you. Big part of why they in the fourth coach. quarter. So yeah, and Orgeron was already out before they even made that trip. And he just finished the season. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think Excuse we're. I think they're setting us up in Vegas for that Alabama LSU game. Hutton, you you've been strong on this all uh, week. You're you're. I was strong on the Tennessee. You're starting Kentucky. to turn me on that to being a blowout for uh, Alabama. I'm, just, I'm trying not to, to fall into game. that trap. I really am. Vegas thought the over-under for wins for LSU was seven and a half. So we're, they still have them 11th, though, in a neutral field. But they have Alabama two spots ahead of Tennessee on a neutral field. That's telling me something. Here's a stat for you. Let's put that bank account on the line here. Let's go. Let's go. All of it. <laughs> push, push all the all chips in the All that investment you've been talking about. Um, in response to Mel Kuyper having Will Levis ahead of Bryce Young, uh, Clint Lamb, formerly of OutKick, who uh, writes for Alabama, uh, covers Alabama, tweets he says will levis has missed the same number of games due to injury over the last two seasons as bryce young one game young has three interceptions this season levis had three last week against tennessee alone Mm. yep that's always been my issue with him is the turnovers tape over traits but i mean i don't you don't have to look at tape to just look at okay how many how many interceptions this guy have and we're gonna put all that on the offense or the receivers or the offensive line? At what point does Will Levis get blamed for anything by Will Levis supporters? Apparently at no point by uh, Mr. Kuyper. Got some interception stats for you when we come back on one big thing for every NFL game coming up for week nine, which kicks off tonight in Houston as the Texans host the Eagles. We'll go through every game on the slate next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. 
Gentlemen, NFL Week 9 is upon us. Kicks off tonight in Houston and will end on Monday night football in Tampa Bay. Or No, I take that back. It's going to end in New Orleans. Monday night football with the Ravens and Saints. Better Sunday night is in Kansas City. And in between, some decent games. You guys can be the judge. It's time for one big thing on every NFL game. Weekly note, the NFC East, 23-8. and eight. The AFC East, 20-7. and seven. They're combined for 43-15. and four, uh, 15. 43 Everybody else, and 15. crap. But the four other divisions have no more than one team above 500. And, of course, the NFC South has none. A lot of buy, buy teams this week. Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, 49ers. All so off this week. Down three games. Pathetic. Tonight, Eagles at Texans. This is the lar- the Eagles. They're the largest road favorite in the history of Thursday night football. They're favored by 14 points on the road tonight in Houston. Jalen Hurts, quarterback's the league's only unbeaten team. He's won his last 10 starts. 10 in a row. That breaks a tie with Donovan McNabb and Carson Wentz and Norm Van Brocklin. No Brandon Cooks for Houston. City of Philadelphia loves its Eagles. But this is a dog of a game, and the Phillies are playing a crucial World Series game. I cannot wait to see what the ratings are like between the two. Eagles are the hottest scoring team in the NFC. They average 28 points per game. 28 points is more than the Texans have scored in any game this season. Chargers and Falcons in Atlanta. This is the first time that Justin Herbert and Marcus Mariota have faced off in an NFL game. Of course, both started Oregon. And now, with the victory, the Falcons would climb above the 500 mark for the first time since 2017. The Chargers throw the football a lot. The Falcons are awful in the secondary. The Chargers are awful stopping the run. And the Falcons run it very well. This is an intriguing game for me. First time over 500 since 2017 for the Falcons. That's been a while. That's, that's tough. Weather could play a factor for the Dolphins as they travel to Chicago to face the Bears. The Dolphins don't play an opponent with a winning record until December 11th. That team is currently the Los Angeles Chargers. Their next three opponents are a combined 6, 15, and 1. I like the Dolphins, and I didn't. I liked them before I knew that. And you know what they did at the trade deadline? They loaded up. They loaded up. They said, we're going for it. Super Bowl this year, it's going to happen. Let's make it work just like the Rams. I like that mentality, even if it doesn't work out. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they have combined for 1,688 yards on the season. That's the most by a teammate duo in the first eight games of a season in the Super Bowl era. And just Tyreek Hill, I won't even compare him to other NFL players. I'm comparing him against wide receiving cores in the league for individual teams. He has 961 yards receiving. That is more than the Falcons wide receivers combined. More than the Giants, more than the Texans, more than the Ravens, more than the Bears, more than the Titans. That's insane when you look at the numbers compared to an entire team of wide receivers. Panthers are on the road in Cincinnati. They are, the Cincinnati, the Bengals, they're the 13th most points per game offense, and they're also allowing the 13th most points per game defensively. Something there has got to improve. And without Jamar Chase, can they press the issue in the passing game? Because it's a struggle right now for mixing in the run game. We said this last week. Carolina has a way of fixing people. I know they had a, a very good effort last week outside of the helmet removal. 
um, I think Cincinnati bounces back quite nicely. Deontay Foreman, since they traded McCaffrey, 118 yards in each of the last two games. Guy's a highly underrated player. Well, he's great who's worth the $2 million. He's he replacing a star running back. I mean, anyone That's in the thing. league, somebody gets hurt, just pick that guy up off waivers, bring him in, yep. and he's going to be a star. Well, he's beyond waivers now. Yeah. Making two mil. The Lions are hosting the Green Bay Packers. The Packers have a back-to-back MVP. They've got a Hall of Fame quarterback. They are dead last in the NFL on fourth down conversion rate, if you can believe that. It's crazy. And they were running the football very well against Buffalo. Jones had 143 yards. Dylan had 54 yards on 10 carries. The problem is they never, after their first possession, they went down 7-0, and the Bills didn't have to relinquish the lead. So it's hard to run the football with effective um, mobility and, and momentum if the Packers aren't able to also throw the football, and they, they haven't been able to do that. What do you think about this game? Lions are awful. but Yeah, I, I think Green Bay has got to beat the Lions. This is, this is the death nail in the season of the Packers if they lose. If they lose, it's, we could start putting them on that, that board that it's we over. do Wednesdays. We can start talking about, you know, does Aaron Rodgers fake an injury to stop playing to get ready for his next team? And the, we start talking about the future of the Packers at quarterback and what's going to happen. That's how bad this loss would be already at three and five, right? Three and five going yep. into this for the Packers. Three yep. and six, it's over. And a loss to the Lions, it's over. Jacksonville is two and six. They are hosting the two and five Las Vegas Raiders. All six of the Jaguars' losses this season have been by one possession, eight points or fewer. They're the only team with a winning, uh, a losing record, but a positive point differential at plus 14. The Raiders are not pressuring the quarterback. Trevor Lawrence should have time to deliver the football. Can he make? the right read, and the great throw. He's going to have time here. He's not going to be running for his life. Based on the numbers, they have the fifth worst uh, pass rush defense in the NFL. The Raiders do. So um, they were shut out in New Orleans. Now they're in Jacksonville. Newsflash. What Josh McDaniels did in Denver was not a fluke. It was Josh McDaniels. Are we overlooking another possible one-and-done coach? Maybe. We'll have to get back to our NFL. Mark Davis Davis is still paying John Gruden. Yeah. We'll have to get back Can't to our, three uh, coaches. the coaches in the hot seat list next week. That, last week was Mine his may 22nd standing. loss in 29 games as a head coach. Colts are on the road in New England. Patriots have won three of their past four games, and that's after they started the season one and three. Belichick, 25-6 and six against rookie quarterbacks in his career. 14-0 and 0 in Foxborough. Remember uh, when I covered the AFC South, the whole division? I would go to this game. This would be the biggest game I covered all year. Colts, Patriots was huge. When it was Peyton and Brady. Manning, Brady, how far this is fallen. Colts have committed 16 turnovers this season. That's tied for the most in the NFL. The Patriots have recorded 16 takeaways. That's tied for the most in the NFL. Ellinger, Mac Jones doesn't get you going like Peyton Brady, Paul? That's what you're saying? It does not, and I think the Colts will get buried in this game defensively. I, I mean, I think the Patriots' defense will rule the day in this game. I think Sam Ellinger is going to look a lot like Malik Willis did in his first start in this game against Bill Belichick game-planning him uh, with the Patriots' defense. I think it's Ellinger. Ellinger. Hard G. 
I like to say it's eligible. Hard to say. I know it comes. It's more natural. I, I I I acknowledge that I'm saying it wrong, but for whatever reason, I always want to say Ellinger. That's how I say it. Ellinger. Grable. The Bills. They're six and one start. <laughs> the best since 1993. The Bills on the road in New York, or in New Jersey, to face the New York Jets. The Jets are five and three. And the Bills have beaten four opponents that were 2021 division winners. Kansas City, Green Bay, Tennessee, Los Angeles. And here are the Jets trying to get the run game going without Brees Hall, who's on injured reserve for the rest of the season with an ACL. They need something from their quarterback. If uh, if Zach can't contribute here, I don't think it matters how well they run. They need a well-rounded offensive performance. I doubt they get it. Looking at the numbers here, the Bills lead the NFL in scoring defense, allowing 14 that's, points that's per game. That's my point. They rank second in scoring offense, and including the postseason, the Bills are 12-2 in their past 14 divisional games. Doesn't look great for the Jets. They're going to drop one somewhere along the way unexpected. I, I don't think this will be that one. Vikings are in Washington. The Vikings are 6-1. and one. Commanders have done some nice things They're as of late. They're now 4-4 four and four on the season. Zadarius Smith led all players last month with six and a half sacks in the NFC. Be on the lookout for him in this game because he's the best defensive player no one's talking about. He was a big free agent signing for Minnesota. Missed all but maybe two games last year in Green Bay. Back issue. Minnesota paid him, and it was a risk. So far, high reward. And Smith's playing well. Taylor Heineke is also playing well. He's filling in for Carson Wentz. He is seven and three in his past ten starts for Washington. They still How are they this, four and four during this three-game stretch against mediocre teams. They haven't scored more, I think, than seventeen points. Um, so it's also How- Kirk Cousins' return to Washington. Yeah, it's true. Do you like that? They're gonna they're gonna have a big ticker tape parade for Kirk on his return. Yeah. Again, I, I look at the Commanders and think, how are they five hundred right now? Well, they play close games. Every their, their games are extremely close, and they're winning about half of them. Meanwhile, they should have beaten the damn uh, t- Titans. Sure. That goal line, they had four chances. So they the Vikings have an NFL best five and zero record in one score games this season. And you saw that coming. They were six and eight in one score games in 2021, and all four of the Commanders' wins this season have been by six points or fewer. So. Their defense has stepped up in the closing moments in most cases, and they've secured a low-scoring game and a victory, even though it's not pretty. Late afternoon slate, Seahawks against the Cardinals. Geno Smith, six games this season with multiple touchdown passes. And we mentioned earlier that stat, he had seven in his first nine seasons combined, (laughs) and he's got six this season. This guy is stealing comeback player of the year away from Derrick Henry. Kenneth Walker III. Over the last four games, he leads all rookies with 432 rushing yards, five touchdowns, and he also scored a touchdown in four of those five games. All he needed to do was wait for Rashad Penny to get hurt. Didn't take long. Nope. Buccaneers are hosting the Rams. Three and four Rams, three and five Bucks. Like the Bucks, the Rams cannot run the football. They average 68 yards per game. That is second to last. Tampa Bay is last. They average 62 yards per game. Many would have said uh, preseason this would be a uh, a NFC championship game preview. Does not have that feel to it, Chad, right now. Feels like a death match. Much like the Packers losing the Lions. Feels like a death match. I feel like the loser of this game can start to pack it up for the golf course and no playoffs. Which is crazy. There is another record 
are a big number for Brady to surpass in this game. He needs 164 passing yards to become the first player to reach 100,000 passing yards across the regular season and the playoffs. And there's no guarantee he gets to that number in this game. <laughs> like there used to be. 100,000? Yep. He'll throw it. He'll throw it 60 times if he has to. It's it's a number of yards that it, it's hard to you have to really make space in your brain to try to fathom the length of time you have to play and how many you know your seasons you compile to get to a hundred thousand passing boys yards. when your car odometer gets to that number it's a huge event in the life of your car <laughs> that's right? incredible yeah well, they should, i'm giving him a graphic idea for the telecast if he gets to that you have to have a car you odometer. Think, you think you just kind of if you're brady just levitate off the field the moment you pass a hundred thousand yards and you just uh, you ascend to heaven I, at that point i think his odometer uh, is he about to right stop now, it's surpassing about the 100,000 mark, too. Well, after recent events, he may yeah. be ready to hit 150,000. Maybe. That's a different O'Donnell. Maybe. Uh, Sunday Night Football, Titans at 5-2 and two against the Chiefs, who are 5-2. and two. The Titans have the worst-ranked offense in yards per game. They average 285 yards per game. Their pass defense ranks 24th in the NFL. The 14 passing touchdowns that they have allowed ranks 26th in the NFL. And yet, they're 5-2 and two because they've had this stretch here where their defense and their run game has been able to put away the opponents they're facing. They have also been able to put away the Kansas City Chiefs in the regular season. The Titans had four sacks. They had nine quarterback hits on Mahomes last year in the regular season. They won 27-3. The Titans did. And the Chiefs now come off a bye week. Andy Reid's very good. After weeks off, I think he's 7-8-2. or eight and two. Um with uh, with this club, and here's Vrabel and a defensive coaching staff that knows how to defend Patrick Mahomes. The question is, can they defend the Chiefs enough to where they score 25 or less? Because it'll take 24, they can allow 24 and go to overtime. Like That's the only way I see the Titans uh, standing a chance in this is keeping it below 25 Kevin points. Byer told me, Hutt, um, you know, we have to shape, we have to make this be played our kind of dirty defensive game yeah. if it's their kind of more finesse game uh, it, it's not going to go well H here's the thing if Malik Willis is playing Titans don't have a chance to get the 24 points unless the defense scores two touchdowns right. and you know if I had to guess right now I think he probably is playing other thing is Titans have number one third down defense. Chiefs have the number one third down offense. That should be an awesome battle there. No doubt. And thankfully, that's during the part of the game where we don't have to watch the Titans not throw effectively. Well, let me take a step further with what the Titans need to do in this game. They need a defensive touchdown to have a chance. Yeah, or a special uh, team. I don't think it's just defense playing well. They're going to need a non-offensive touchdown to give themselves yeah. a chance. They, they for all the talk about how good the Titans special teams are. And the the numbers this year are, oh, they're okay. They've turned the ball over a couple times on punts, but they're okay. That That's where they've, they've got to win that area. The Chiefs handed a a victory to the Colts on special teams alone. That's, they, they've got to muddy the water. I, I'm with you and Bayard on that. Um, finally, Monday Night Football, Ravens, Saints, Five and three are the Baltimore Ravens. The Saints are three and five. The Ravens just acquired Roquan Smith. He leads the NFL with 83 tackles. We said it earlier, that's a perfect brand fit. Roquan Smith to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, 13 and one all time against NFC opponents. 
The Saints defense, they are allowing the fifth most points per game so far this season through eight weeks. It's got to be tough to prepare for for teams that aren't familiar with them. That makes perfect sense, the NFC mark. Look, they're a way more talented team than the Saints right now. You would think. But Baltimore has also slipped up a couple times where they shouldn't have, and they've held leads that they gave up. I keep leaving them out of my conversation about the better teams in the AFC because I don't have a lot of faith in them, but you know, their record suggests they should be mentioned. And they've, you know, they've gave up the lead to Buffalo. They gave up the lead earlier this year. Was it the Bengals? Um, yeah. No, no, no. Miami. Oh, they, had, they had like three games Miami. where they were up with two minutes left and lost. Yep. So they, they're, they're going to be a factor. They're going to hit a stride. I'm with you. They're going to be a factor. Guys, that's one big thing on every NFL game. There it is for week nine. Coming up, we get you ready for the sports evening, and we look ahead to some of the bigger storylines to kick off the weekend. It's next on OutKick 360. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Thursday night football tonight, the Texans hosting the Eagles. You can put a little action on this. This is one of those games you feel like you don't have to watch, you know the result, you know? At least I've outkick.com slash bet. That's outkick.com slash bet. Um, You've also got the World Series tonight, the Phillies and Astros. Um, What do you guys like tonight on Texans, Eagles? I'm a big anytime touchdown guy. I always like to play that. Uh, I'm going... I don't have the numbers in front of me, Hutton, but I always feel like when it's a huge double-digit line in the NFL, typically the team that's the underdog covers. Mm. I don't think this game is particularly close, but you know what else wasn't close? Titans-Texans. Yet somehow ended up a seven-point game. It was the most lopsided seven-point win I've seen in NFL history. Uh, I'm going to take the Texans to cover the 14 tonight and A.J. Brown for the Eagles to score a touchdown because he's been a touchdown machine so far for the Eagles. That's a big mistake, my friend, because Malik Willis was playing in that game. That's true. And Jalen Hurts is going to be playing in this game. <laughs> That's true. Eagles uh, giving 14 uh, and uh, under 45 because the Texans aren't going to score at all. A.J. Brown over 67 and a half. That's five bucks. It'll get you 40. Guys. I do think the t- uh, Titans' defense is superior to the Eagles' defense, so superior, maybe the Texans will do something. Texans are doing nothing tonight. Double the spread tonight. Double it? Double it. Eagles are going to win in a, by a massive amount. I agree. They, I'm going to look Texans like an idiot when they done. lose by 30. Um, they're <laughs> the gunning, outlier. They're defensively, I mean, their head coach said, said they're what? making no adjustments. They, there's, there's very little we can do with a couple of walk They were barely trying to tackle Derrick Henry at times in the second half, and four days later, they're facing the number one team, unbeaten team in the NFL, with 
three different wide receivers that can score at any time, a backfield that's averaging like 160 yards per game rushing. I mean, this is, I think this gets ugly. And, you know, the, the Texans defense is good in the red zone. The problem with that is the Eagles don't have to reach the red zone to score a touchdown on you. And they you throw know? over over um, the red zone. I also like Damian Pierce over 16 and a half carries in this game. Um, I think the line's about right because they're going to use them in the passing game too. But I think they're just going to try to run the clock and keep the score manageable going into the fourth quarter. That's what the Texans have done traditionally this season. But here is Philly where, I mean, their, their numbers in the second quarter alone are incredible for this offense. They're good. I'm doubling it. I'll, uh, I'm taking the Eagles by 20. <laughs> I'll be flipping back and forth. Well, here's the problem. Chad, you intended to talk about this at one point. We never got to it. Here's our spot. Flipping channels tonight between the World Series and a game on Amazon Prime is, is hard. You have to switch source. It's not a one-button thing. I agree. It's a pain in the ass, and you, that's the downside of streaming. You know what else I have to do every time I go to Amazon now is log in with a code. Oh, because you've got kids. It? Because of kids. Because of he doesn't parental, want his girls to be able to go parental over there control. They so want. every time I go back, I've got a. I know that oh. it's gonna it's gonna flash for a second, then it's gonna bring up a screen where I put in a code. Four digits or to six? go watch it. Five. Yeah. Eventually, we're going to have that fingerprint thing like we do for phones. Yeah, let's get to it because this is a pain. And yeah. flipping back and forth between channels should be a one or two button thing. It's very much a, it's a dedicated uh, thing Effort. when you go to watch it because I'm just not flipping off of it. Like I'm not even going to something else to watch, which is good for Amazon Prime. I'm not going to watch a show I'm watching on Netflix or oh, Apple TV. Going between Amazon and Netflix I'm is just, really I'm just going to stay there. Like halftime show, everything. It's just going to stay on the, the football game, and I'm not flipping to anything else. Tonight, I think that uh, – I mean, if you're interested in the baseball game, tonight I think that hurts it if there, the Eagles are winning big. There is a beauty in switching back and forth between different live events that you're going to lose when you cut the cord. But consider, K, consider right? what we're discussing, though, just briefly. We're considering switching back and forth from a World Series game. A pivotal game. To a blowout crap. To Eagles-Texans, where even the Houston fans and Philly fans don't even want to... They want to be flipping channels. So I am intrigued to see the ratings here. Uh, you guys rolling with Syndergaard tonight? Or Verlander? I, I, I think... I'm going to believe in Verlander again in a World Series when I see him do I, something I think the, in a World I think Series. the Phillies are going to win the series. I think they win tonight. I think they go up 3-2... And they're going to win in either Game Six or Game Seven. But it's oh, a, I still like the Phillies. It's a in the very series. bullpenish game on both sides. I'll, I'll roll with you guys. Outkick.com/slash/bet is where you can go to join the fun. And tomorrow, what is paid attendance tonight in Houston? By the way, how bad is that going to look? Oh, it looked so. bad on Sunday. It'll be awful. It was forty percent full, roughly yeah. Sunday. I, I mean, I think 20? legitimately there'll be twenty. Are we outside tomorrow? We're outside. Is the rumor true? We're yes. in the beer garden, yes. six and Peabody here. We're going to pregame Not all freezing. things college football and NFL. Not freezing. Sunlight. I feel like it was hot in here today. No, today yeah. it wasn't too bad. I feel, I feel like good. they did something that didn't tell us. I feel great. See these Thank short God sleeves? If they did. It means I feel great. We're back at it for the Friday edition. Hope you'll join us to get ready for a great football weekend. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Do not block the box. Stay out of an intersection. But please, lock your locks. Look, they got the shot to me. <laughs> 